Hello, my friends. D.L. Anderson here. Welcome back to Transformation by Truth podcast as we share the truth concerning these last days and what you must do to save yourself from the violent times that are just ahead. Today's podcast is a word of truth accounting of the end times. The end is coming. The end is near. Today's podcast is entitled End Times 236, The Sequence of the Restoration, Part 4. The podcast objectives are analyze the life we have in the spirit, analyze all the nation of Israel has endured, analyze the hatred we have experienced as a nation, and analyze why many were never restored. This lesson contains timelines and other visuals. Therefore, if you are listening to the podcast, I advise you to watch the video version on our website or YouTube or request a PDF of the lesson so you can add the visual effect. Life leads to life. Now, in the most recent podcast, we analyzed the fifth of the seven major events which occurred during the restoration of the nation of Israel. That is, a spiritual renaissance corresponding to the final great awakening. Very needless to say, the spiritual aspect of the restoration is perhaps the most critical. For it is written, until the spirit breathed upon the nation of Israel, they were not alive, i.e., they were not experiencing the life Yahuwah had in store for them. And thus, we find Ezekiel prophesying, saying, Come from the four winds, O spirit, and breathe on these killed ones so that they live. And as he prophesied, the Spirit came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, a very great army. This passage, and many others, strengthen the relationship between life and the Spirit, explicitly in these last days. In effect, where there is no Spirit, there can be no life. You can call it existing. You can call it whatever you want. But by strict spiritual definition, there is no life. Here lies the inflection and a prominent factor of the complex nature of our existence. I ask you to consider it carefully, for as Satan constantly attacks the value of the spirit in our lives, the true messengers of Elohim must defend the spirit and his mighty work. Like all things with a spiritual source, life is evolutionary. To it, it doesn't end. Rather, it evolves into different phases and realities as it passes through time and into eternity. Plainly speaking, 
Life leads to life. And thus, the only way to have everlasting life in the eternal future is to experience the fullness of life here and now. That is, the life that we, the nation of Israel, have been experiencing since the Spirit breathed on us during the Restoration. It is a life of abundance. It is the fullness of life. It is a spiritual existence in which the Father's will is persistently being done in our lives because we have made ourselves servants to his will. John 10, 9 through 10 reads, I am the door. Whoever enters through me, he shall be saved and shall go in and shall go out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to slaughter and to destroy. I have come that they might possess life and that they might possess it beyond measure. Now, the key to a life of abundance and beyond measure is Yahushua Messiah. And seeing as this is a key facet of the restoration message, we will revisit this topic as we analyze the details of the sealing of the set-apart ones. In those podcasts, we will harden the role of the Spirit in the life of the nation of Israel in these last days. Explicitly, we will analyze how the Spirit connects the first two seasons in these last days, i.e. the restoration of the nation and the sealing of the set-apart ones. Trust me, those will be very powerful lessons, for they will speak to the difference between those who claim to be of the restoration and those who are truly under the restoration. Stay tuned, my friends. Everything the nation endured. Moving on, we must now analyze the six major events that occurred during the restoration of the nation of Israel. As you can see by the timeline below, the sixth event which occurred during the restoration is the healing of the nation. You can easily appreciate the significance and magnitude of the healing of the nation if you understand everything the nation has endured for the full duration of the times of the Gentiles. Without going too far into those details, you can simply look at Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28 to see all the evil that would befall us if we did not guard his commands. They reveal all the curses that would follow the nation of Israel if they rebelled against Elohim, which they did, and said curses had been upon us for over 1,000 years. Here lies the inflection and the source of the amazing degree of healing we have witnessed in recent times, specifically during the restoration 
of the nation of Israel. Consider this interest point and you will see. No nation has experienced more divine judgment, tribulation, calamity, and distress than the nation of Israel. This speaks to the high calling of the children of the Most High and the crucial consequences that have befallen us throughout history when we have failed to do his will. And thus, I caution every man and every woman everywhere, do not join yourself to this nation unless you mean business. The hatred that we have experienced. Now, the fact that Israel and the world at large has not persistently walked in obedient faith to the Father's will is the basis of a controversial, nonsensical, and somewhat shocking matter. Yet it is true, and I will offer it as our next interest point. Although Yahuwah Elohim has the power of life and death in his hands, he is constantly underestimated by his people and the world at large. This is precisely why Israel was destroyed. The Gentiles took over the world, and they have done more physical and spiritual damage to the earth in less than 2,000 years than what had been done in almost 4,000 years before the world fell into their hands. Be that as it may, Yahuwah designed it to be this way. He has already determined how this story is going to end. And while he is using the Gentiles to push this world to the brink of disaster and beyond a point of no return, he is preparing his people for thee hereafter. This is where the need for national healing comes into play and why this event is one of the most crucial events associated with the restoration of the nation of Israel. I ask you to consider it carefully and examine yourself and your faith. Even though we, as a nation, have been in captivity before. Nothing compares to the violence done upon our people during the times of the Gentiles. This unfortunate reality has led many to hate the Gentiles with a similar or even greater hatred than many of them have had for our people. My dear friends, here lies the problem. That is, the hatred we have experienced from the Gentiles is satanic, and the scriptures prove this. It is not a divine hatred, for on what grounds should we have been enemies to the Gentiles, being a scattered people with neither land nor home? There are no grounds, and this is a key indicator that Satan was involved. 
for he operates where there is no purpose. He dwells where there is no consideration, nor understanding, for this allows him to use two of his greatest weapons, ignorance and deception. Now, to say that the Gentiles are largely ignorant and widely deceived would be a gross understatement. The scriptures told us this would be the case, and we have witnessed it in these latter days. This is a destructive people. Here lies the inflection and a crucial takeaway from this lesson you must receive. That is, the reason behind the destructive nature of the times of the Gentiles. Consider it carefully, my friends, and live. The reason why the Gentiles are such a destructive force in the world and against our people is because of the anti-Mashiach spirit that is driving them and riding them and the wicked one behind this devastating activity. Revelation 12, 7 through 13 reads, And there came to be fighting in the heaven. Michael and his messengers fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his messengers fought, but they were not strong enough, nor was a place found for them in the heaven any longer. And the great dragon was thrown out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who leads all the world astray. He was thrown to the earth, and his messengers were thrown out with him. Because of this, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you having great wrath, knowing that he has little time. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. They were never healed. Now, there are two key facts we must appreciate as it pertains to this passage of scripture. One, this is an end times event. And two, the woman in this passage is Yisrael. Here lies another inflection, specifically the fact that the dragon persecuted the woman, i.e. Yisrael. True, his twisted desire is to destroy all mankind but he is intentional with his persecution of Israel. Here's how we know this to be true beyond the text. Since the time he was thrown out of the heavens, the dragon has used the Gentile nations as the primary vehicles to persecute Israel. This brings me back to my original point. That is, the hatred, prejudice, and racism we have experienced from the Gentiles is not only satanic, it was intensified. For the scriptures reveal 
that Satan knows he only has a short time. Here lies the problem. Namely, many who call themselves Yisrael have been infected with this satanic virus. After enduring centuries of hate, racism, and violence from the Gentiles, many who call themselves Israel have developed these same sentiments for the Gentiles. And although many try to justify these ungodly sentiments with the law, they will ne'er succeed. For the Torah is not of hate. The Torah is of love. See Leviticus 19.18, Romans 13.8-10, and Galatians 5.14, if you struggle to believe. Matthew 5.40-48 reads, You heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those cursing you, do good to those hating you, and pray for those insulting you and persecuting you, so that you become sons of your Father in the heavens, because he makes his son rise on the wicked and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those loving you, what reward have you? And if you greet your brothers only, what do you do more than others? Therefore, be perfect as your Father in the heavens is perfect. Now, there are three takeaways I want to briefly discuss from this passage, beginning with the fact that hate your enemy is not found in the text. And you won't find it, for Yahuwah would never command us to walk contrary to his will. Now, although hate your enemy was not recorded in scripture, it was obviously said. It was a teaching handed down by men who called themselves leaders and elders. This is why I constantly warn against the traditions of men, because so very often they contradict the truth. Beware, my friends, beware. Secondly, Yahushua tells us that we become sons of Elohim and we become perfect by loving our enemies. This shouldn't be too hard to understand if you understand the Father's global vision of righteousness, peace on earth, and goodwill toward the remnant of man. Remember, his vision will come to pass, and all who refuse to buy into it, to believe in it, are not his children. They are not his people. You'll know them by their fruit. To wit, the best of them are partial and clearly respecters of persons, and the worst of them are haters, racists, and separatists. From such turn away. This brings me to my final point. Seeing as the breadth and the magnitude of violence done upon our people was so great, 
Yahuwah Elohim inserted a season of healing within the overarching season of restoration. He empowered us to overcome centuries of the worst captivity our people has ever endured. But alas, many did not receive this healing. And it's not because the damage done was so great, for Yahuwah's hand is not too short that he cannot save us. The problem is many didn't want to be saved. Many didn't want to be healed. As I said before, they were infected with these satanic viruses and they didn't want to be healed. They would rather return hate for hate, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, blow for blow. And this is why they were never restored and why they will not be sealed. Now, here is the final word. The spiritual liberation of any oppressed people will always include a season of healing. It goes without saying that most, if not all of us, are initially interested in healing. The problem is that many end up being more interested in retribution and revenge, which on this wise does not amount to a physical confrontation or conflict. Hear me carefully, my dear friends. The primary manner in which many who call themselves Israel attempt to get revenge on the Gentiles, what they have done to our people is by twisting the scriptures to suggest the Gentiles do not have a path to salvation. They are wrestling with the word of truth to exclude the Gentiles from the Father's global vision of righteousness, which will be manifested in the millennial kingdom, which is just around the corner. Alas, this is just one of many disastrous ways in which dishonest men and women are off-consciously and off-subconsciously working against the will of Elohim. Therefore, I caution you, Examine everything that comes in through your ears, your eyes, and every spiritual gate. For if you're not careful, you will soon become someone you do not recognize, for you will become that which you hate. Now, here is what's next. We completed today's podcast, End Times 236. The Sequence of the Restoration, Part 4. And the next podcast is entitled, End Times 238, The Sequence of the Restoration, Part 5. I will post this podcast on Monday, October 30th, 2023. Until then, my friends, continue to be led by the Spirit of Elohim. Continue to watch. Continue to pray. Continue in fasting, and most of all, continue to be focused, for the end is coming, the end is near. <laughs>